<laughs> I I'm so hungry. Hello to our lifelong learners. Welcome to out of school office hours. This is Hyuk and Stephanie. So what led us to be a TA when we're out of school? It's kind of weird that we started this out of nowhere, really, like, probably because we cannot have our usual in-person office hour stuff for fellow folks. We used to have a gathering for our new academic things. Right. Uh, so what are we going to talk about anyway? Like, what are the segments of this podcast? We're going to talk about things around us, answer some short questions from our listeners or learners, and share some stories from fellow grad students. Let's start from some of our stories. Yeah, it seems like a good start. Stephanie, how have you been? Uh, Siv, you know, I'm tired. Uh, from like the media, uh, to grad school, to the realities of living as a black person in the middle of a pandemic. It's been pretty rough, but you know, I'm making it through with the support of my friends like you. How about you? There were some recent changes in my immigration status, which made me terrified a bit. But it's okay, it's finally relieved now. Other than that, I've been enjoying some medical luxuries like dermatologists, dental, something like that. I even have a doctor's day when I visit a couple more doctors. It's great to know that you have good healthcare, unlike some people. Um, <laughs> Grad students. Um, where are you? Oh, I'm in South Korea. It's near Seoul. Where are you, Stephanie? I'm in the Chicagoland area. I was going to move back to the East Coast but thought it would be a bit risky. So I decided to remain here. I also moved to a new place. Ah. Uh, did you move alone? Well, I had some movers, but yeah. Ah, that's awesome. Like, I moved remotely a couple months ago because for some reason I couldn't be there. Like, it was like being ready, holding my phone for any sudden events happening all around the day. So is there anything that was surprising in coming to the U.S.? Yeah. Um, actually, I'm in my first year and it's my first time tax travel, like, which hasn't been finished yet. Like last September, I applied for a new tax number, which is required for foreigners to pay and file taxes, like income taxes. Uh -huh. Somehow, my application got delayed by the agency. I don't know the actual reason, but once it got done, the COVID-19 outbreak happened. Then the IRS closed its offices for foreigners, like where they actually issue tax numbers. It was in the middle of June that my school's HR office notified me that I have to request a tax filing extension, which is not familiar with me, mm -hmm. and which extends the deadline to the October 15th. To do so, I hired a tax accountant. This is what I have never done before because it was too difficult to figure out like what <laughs> yeah. each item and each argument in the form means like like how many I owe to the government. Like actually I have no loan from government and I had no time to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I just hired a tax accountant for time saving. So did you do all that 
Uh, favorite work by Mayo? Yeah, it's technically yes, but since I have no text ID nor social security number at this moment, so I have to do that by mail. But it's it's in a paper form, but like I actually applied it electronically to my text of content, and then they did some paperwork. Mm-hmm. And actually, what I'm not sure here is like how the IRS will identify me, like when I actual when I actually pay tax. Just using my name, address, and birthday, written in a, on a paper form. It's not even electronically transfer processed. Yeah, it does not seem like it's the most updated system. No. So I also asked about this to Illinois Revenue Department, and they told me that I have to provide an abatement that is showing my tax ID got delayed. Which is also not friend familiar with me. At that time, I realized that I am done and like done in terms of mentally, and will definitely hire a tax accountant. It's just out of my capabilities. Like sometimes, like I had some questions, like the do federal government or state government have any willingness to earn tax revenue? Or if so, why did it make it so hard for people to pay tax? Or is it a sign that I don't have to pay tax, but my income taxes were already withheld? Do you wish it was a sign? Probably yes. So my plan B is to apply for a new, apply for a new social security number, because I need it for my Irish if starting from this fall. But the thing is that all the social security offices across the country have been closed. I think the local office in my town will be uh, will arrange in person appointment for me, but because my work is starting soon, but I I'm not sure about that. Yeah, that's quite the ongoing journey. Well, my personal I guess story is quite existential. It's more about like being alone as a PhD student during this time. Being alone, like living alone. Yeah. Um. At the beginning of quarantine, I decided to stay in a quote unquote working environment, like closer to the university, so that I could do my work more. And that was my theory about what was going to happen, but you know what actually happened. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh-huh. my parents are older, so I didn't really want to take the risk to head back and stay with family. Yeah, that's quite risky. Yeah, the first two months were the hardest because you don't really have a good protocol for being on Zoom or connecting with people. You basically end up talking to yourself. Like texting is the primary mode of communication these days, so using your voice outside of meeting hours becomes somewhat of a luxury. No one else talks to you except maybe like the grocery store workers, who I'm very thankful for, and I uh-huh. think they should be paid more. Um, but recently I started going on more walks and I'm learning some new skills I probably should have learned a long time ago, which one is riding a bike. Like how am I just Uh learning how to ride a bike and playing tennis? Um, yeah, I've also used animal crossing as another point of company. The characters are so (laughs) cute. Um, I, I even used it as a final project my, in the previous quarter. Creating some little videos. 
Um, I created uh, some music videos awesome. using Animal Crossing, and then I, I used the course text to reflect on the music videos, and ah, uh, and so that's cute. Yeah, it was like this is the only way I'm gonna actually do this final project. So leave me alone. Uh huh. Uh, at some point, I just decided to start calling people, which has been nice. But Zoom hasn't been the best environment for that. Yeah, like for me, there was a day when my Zoom got crushed and my colleagues had to wait for like 10, 10 minutes just for me. It was feeling so awkward having all the people just waiting for me. Like on the one hand, it feels like I'm the main person, like main actor in the meeting who always comes late. On the <laughs> other side, like I was like managing my small crisis, like yelling inside, like, are no way, like, please don't happen to me, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The other thing I want to say that they say is that it's okay to say no to a meeting or an appointment. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you're yeah. feeling lonely, it's somewhat times overwhelming to be in a meeting. Spending time taking yeah. care of yourself is really important too. Like, mm -hmm. I think quarantine serves as a great time for practicing boundary setting also because many of us are only at home and there's not a really mm -hmm. great separation between work, school, or play relaxation times. So yeah. trying to create dedicated hours or spaces in your house for specific purposes helps this. Also limiting yourself from working more than X hours can help save you some more stress. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Like one day I got so stressed for some traumatic reason. Like I have some PTSD, something like that. Mm -hmm. So I just canceled my meeting and my advisor. Like for me, it was, uh, it required a brevity. And she was completely okay with that. And she said, sure, like we should feel better soon. Something like something like that. So. I think it's just worth asking. Yeah. Communicating what you need is really important in student advisor relationships and also your relationship in general. However, in my experience, uh, this is more so on like the general relationship side. Mm -hmm. Not actually everybody wants to be communicated with. Um, right. Like they don't want actual full honesty or to you to ask for you what you want. Like they might have their own idea about what you want and will take it as an attack when you ask or tell what you want or how you feel. Yeah. So I actually experienced some of this in, with some people during this quarantine, but it, it really makes me appreciate those that I can communicate openly with uh, about those things. Like, Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, on top of the general stresses of being a PhD student, um, at Northwestern, some of us are fighting to unionize for more rights as PhD workers. And we're mm. also asking for the university to be more accountable to its BIPOC students and divest from PD and invest in its students instead. Uh, this is also like labor that students are undertaking and may need rest from. With an advisor relationship, I think it it might be important to communicate when you might need more assistance or need a break too because of other things like this going on in life. Yeah, I also think that maybe being able to ask about like that, something like that, asking for what you need is also 
a little bit lucky, like because the advisor of one of my friends like requires their students to be present in the lab like during this time. That advisor is really really strict about the rules. So my friend is commuting to his lab like every workday. Hmm. Yeah, that happens. That's wild. This reminds me of those people who try to dive more into their work during this time. Some people are thinking, maybe I don't have to work all the time. Maybe I can enjoy time with my friends and family. Maybe, just maybe, I can pick up a new interest or learn new stuff or something. But there are also people who are thinking, I will work harder because I finally have time without all those, quote, external distractions, quote. Uh, you can't really judge how people are coping, but I am hopeful they consider other options and don't end up becoming burnt out from overwork. Yeah, so these days I try to find time when I can be like free on my own because I live with my family currently. So if I am awake during daytime, then I have to, I don't actually, but I feel like I have to be engaged with some family things like eating together and talking together. Since I've lived alone past few years, I'm not getting my work done when I get alone with my family too much. <laughs> like, you know, when you live alone, you have your own schedule to follow, something like that. And so I picked up a strange time zone. Like, I get up like 5 to 6 p.m. Actually, today I woke up like 8 p.m. And I sit like at 9 a.m., which is quite strange. So some of, some friends of mine think that I haven't left the States because based on the time when I am online. When I prepare in the States, try to find a better time for me, I'm like, no, no, you don't have to. Like, I'm in the States based on the time being awake. Yeah, that was weird. Cause I was always like, oh, it's 11 p.m. here. Let me text Yeah, because maybe it's finally daytime there. And he's like, <laughs> I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like I think many of our learners might have like similar problems related to COVID-19, quarantine, or sleeping problems, or like communication problems. So please send us your awkward and funny stories. It can be also serious. Or questions about being online and remote and other problems too. So you can send us your story via bit.ly slash OSOS2020 bit.ly slash osoh2020 Actually, we received a simple question from a, a lifelong learner. What is that? It's from Jack. They ask, is Disney Plus worth it? Uh, that's a tricky question. I have actually exactly the same question. Like there are so many options for video video streamings like Netflix, YouTube Premium, Hulu, and... Twitch? Yeah, um, currently I'm subscribing Netflix and Apple Music. I once used YouTube Premium for music streaming, but I found that playlists on YouTube were not very good for me. Like, they are not well curated. Mm. That's my, my opinion. So I switched <laughs> back to Apple Music. Like, I really love rainy sound in Apple Music. It's a playlist. Yeah. It's really good for sleeping, you know. So what are you subscribing, Stephanie? Um, I, honestly, I feel like my music tastes 
don't need ratings because they're just impeccable, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. I have my um family's Netflix account, but I also have mm-hmm. uh, my own Spotify and Apple Music accounts uh, with the student oh. discounts. Oh, why Spotify and Apple Music together? Because the vibe for creating playlists changes from platform to platform. Like, when I have shared playlists, I prefer Spotify because you can do a collaborative option and everybody can add oh. a bit to it. Whereas with Apple That's Music, nice. only one person is in like control of the playlist. And so then, yeah. like, if you really hate the song, you can't take it off. You just have to skip it on the playlist. Um, That's interesting. Like, I just use Apple Music and I separate playlists for sharing in private, but I didn't know about the collaborating feature and for shared play. But like for me, like shared playlists, like I create some album covers, like thinking that I am producing an album, <laughs> which I hadn't done anything. <laughs> Yucks. Um, how do they call them? Mixtapes? No, that's not it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually want to make a mixtape, like, in the future, but, like, you know... It might be a mixtape. Like, life matter comes in. So, instead, I just, I'm just i just satisfied with creating some album covers. Yeah. Do you remember when we used to, I don't know if you did this, like, burn CDs on computers um, off LimeWire? So, what about Disney Plus? What do they offer? Yeah, let's search it. Disney... Plus. Oh, yeah. Did you find something? Uh, yeah. I'm quick here. It seems like they have two options. Just subscribing to Disney Plus, including, which includes Disney, Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars, and National Geographic, which is like $7 per month. Or subscribing to Disney Plus, ESPN, and Hulu together, like a bundle service, which costs about $13 per month. Oh. Yeah, subscribing altogether is just $5 cheaper than subscribing each of those services separately. Like, so it's like surely a benefit if you already, if you're already subscribing Hulu, particularly Hulu Premium, which is $12 per month. What about like, the content. Do you think they have a good selection of videos? Mm, yeah, they have Disney and Marvel videos, and I am a fan of them. Not a big one though. I actually like Disney music. They are, they are so good. Like my favorite is Prince of the from Aladdin by Will Smith. So whenever I take a long flight, <laughs> I just turn on Aladdin to just watch that scene. Wow. Like, what about your favorite Disney music? Um, right now it's by Beyonce, the Spirit mm-hmm. song. Like a lot mm-hmm. of my original favorite music comes from movies that I haven't found a way to critique elegantly yet, except they have racist under or overtones in them. But mm-hmm. yeah, Spirit from the New Lion King, I'll say today. Ah, sounds good. Like, but like it's a little bit sad that those Disney movies are not longer serviced on Netflix. They have some classic movies like Little Mermaid like three decades ago. Yeah. Uh I feel like I, I'm I can't wait for the Chloe 
I think it's no the Halle for Halle to play the Little Mermaid. I don't know when mm-hmm. that movie's coming out. I want to see it. Oh. Um, but yeah. I wish there could be more cross-platform. Like the fact that they had to separate it out was pretty annoying. Um, it seems like they left some of the movies up, but perhaps they're deeming them as like less important to hold exclusive rights to. Mm. Do you know how about like Ghibli? Do you know about it? Like it's a Japanese anime company. I've heard about music. it. Really, like they're actually they have good movies and music, too, like Spirited Away and House Moving Castle. Um, recently I watched the Tale of Princess Kaguya, and its theme music is was really brilliant. It's called the Possession of Celestial Beings. It's like song played in the background of parade. And actually, since we cannot include music in our podcast for copyright reasons, so maybe listeners can listen can listen to it on other platforms. And so back to Jack's question, like Disney Plus has many specialized shows in terms of narrative, sports, and documentary films. On the other hand, Netflix has more has a more diverse selection, but quite shallow in its category compared to Disney Plus, I guess. And Netflix seems to rely more on their original content. Yeah, and if you're into cheesy movies like Lifetime, I guess that makes Netflix mm-hmm. worth it. But mm-hmm. I think it's a wise choice to subscribe to Disney Plus if you enjoy those kinds of narratives, sports, and documentary type films. But if you're already mm-hmm. subscribing to a lot of services, it might not be good to add another one for you to pay for. Yeah, on that account, I would recommend. I would recommend subscribing. If Jack is using Hulu, we have one more question from our learner NLP. Is it natural language processing? Nah, I mean I'll let you folks imagine what it stands for. All right. The question is, in this coronavirus times, why are we still striving to achieve things? First, let's talk about what we try to achieve. How about you, Stephanie? There are two types of goals that I see. Um, There's some personal and some work-related. On a personal level, I still try to achieve things because if I just stay stagnant or don't do anything, then I might find more opportunities to be like depressed or like just stay in a sad place so i try to pick up a hobby or like try to cook well for myself so that i can have some good nutrition or creating more um deeper connections with my friends oh sounds good like these days i try to pick a new recipe every day and try to cook for myself sometimes for my mom to feel better <laughs> about myself by treating myself better like it's an example of what you just said and in general like i'm not a type of person with so many personal goals so i'm more like what will be will be like so just let it happen like nothing to learn or read about um i'm a more like work centered so what i read and learn these days is more related to my project which is also overwhelming a little bit these days mm-hmm. but 
I have a recent personal goal, which is to get rid of my pimples on, pimples on my face. That's why I regularly visit the dermatology clinic. It's actually um, torture for myself. You can completely out of your mind while getting your pimples out. It's like a face ache. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does it like give you scars on your face if you keep popping them out? Yeah, it, um, yeah, it does, but um, they do some aftercare for preventing scars, so they are super professional and specialized. And while receiving the treatment, like, you can be free of your worries and concerns, like, I completely blacked out, I can't remember a thing, it wasn't until later when I was washing the blood of my face, I even knew my face got pimple free. <laughs> Yuck! <laughs> Why? Uh, that's that's wild. That sounds like it hurts though. Yeah, I, it truly does. Like, <laughs> so what about your work-related goals? Um, I'm keeping it simple. It's just reading one academic paper per day. That's amazing. Really, like, mine is like implementing ten functions for a project that I'm working on. Now that is a lot. Uh, it's, they are like comparing functions for two values, like quite simple ones mostly. Even so, it's still a lot of work. Yeah, like sometimes it, it is like the project re will require like thousands of functions. But um, what I think first here is that we may need to make a transition about the concept of achievement. Like, actually, after getting this question, I wrote down some achievements that I made this year. I actually tweeted about it. They include something big like paper submission and also something small like getting a new tattoo and removing pimples, as I said earlier. Mm -hmm. Doing this, like writing them down, reminded me of people talking on social media about their achievements during the past decade earlier this year, like celebrating 2020. Those decade long achievement, like, well, like getting a job, or promotion, completing a degree, completing a degree program, or having a kid, something really, really big. Yeah. I think those are quite a representative image of achievement. Like when we think about achieving things, it has a connotation of something bigger, greater, <sighs> grandiose, or enormous, like something really big, you know. And academically, when, I, when we say achievement, it's like publishing a paper or presenting a talk, getting a grant, like something like that. Yeah, but it's important to remember, like, these things are done in small chunks. Yeah, gradually. For example, I recently got my journal paper accepted, which took nine months. It's like basically birthing a child. Uh, or a whole <laughs> academic year. Like, I really carried that thing, man. Um, yeah. It was a long journey, but it was based on those different small chunks and like milestones. Like, your journal paper is now the size of a peach. And then, you know, they were like, uh -huh. oh, here's your baby. So, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> like, you don't get your papers accepted, but isn't it an achievement that you already wrote a paper and did still st studies conveyed in the paper? It is. However, it's also nice to be recognized for the work that you're putting in. It makes you feel like, yeah. okay, maybe I won't drop out this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Right. So the point here is we need to be okay with being gradual, being doing small chunks, one small thing at a time. Like and you know, remember just I want you to remember that achievements never have to be something big. Um. Yeah, these days surviving is a real achievement. Yeah, it surely is. Even some basic stuff like following hygiene policies, it's not even easy. And there are so many chances to fail if you keep doing your daily routine. That's true. And also surviving the stresses from your work and other stuff is extremely hard these days. There are different communities who have different goals for surviving uh, based yeah. on a variety of factors. And like even in some communities, besides being located in the food desert, um, these grocery mm-hmm. stores have been struggling mm-hmm. to sometimes get food or because of uh, mass unemployment, you don't have a lot of extra yeah. income to feed your family. So we've been able to see a lot of the ways that people are taking care of each other by like providing food or fighting for others' rights to live freely. Like I think of these moments of care and nurturing and that they will have lifelong impacts on how I remember this time. Surviving is definitely an achievement. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So on a personal level, achievement also includes everyday self-management. If you felt bad and worried yesterday and somehow you could manage your emotion, it's also an achievement. And for me, I have some trauma and it's really difficult to prevent my fear or worries from that trauma from remaining inside of me for more days. So that they won't overtake you? Yeah. Right. Then, to return to NLP's question, why should mm-hmm. we achieve things? Like, why do you achieve? I think it's basically because our lives go on after COVID. Some people say we are already in the post-COVID era, but I don't agree with that. But I think the post-COVID era will come later, like, but shortly. But does the post-COVID actually mean the absence of a crisis? I doubt it. Um, COVID is a major crisis in our lives these days, but we have managed mm. our other personal or societal crisis quite well, you know, like, although it's not always by yourself, and be- sometimes that it's just because of luck, and that's why we're here. And as our lives go on, there will be so many times to face crisis, I guess, like losing someone, being ill, being rejected for some, for example. And it's... Why? I was thinking about me being rejected and I was laughing at the pain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that pain happened to me earlier this year. So it's something... Actually, those crises are something we should carry with us together. Like, it's lifelong. And managing it from affecting you too much. Like, we have to do that. Some health professionals also say that those hygiene policies are what we should keep practicing for more than a decade, like after COVID, you know. And I read some articles about threats of new epidemics. Like you mean? Like climate change or something. 
like, like masks you know, and hand washing and stuff like that. Yeah, like wearing masks if you feel sick or taking some day off when you feel sick, like something like that. And then if you feel like it's not secure, it's not it's not like quite clean enough, like in mm -hmm. terms of like hygiene, like you can you can practice social distancing. Like it's not like something that we have to do it. Yeah. Like nationwide, it's like occasionally you have to do that. Like if you feel worried, then practice some hygiene policies. Yeah. Like those kind of things. How if, do you think? I mean, that would be nice if more employers would give their employees the luxury yeah. to do things like that. Mm -hmm. But like. In terms of that, I feel like one thing that COVID has done is expose a lot of the structural failings and inequalities that exist worldwide. Like, mm -hmm. I, I have heard some, so many people referring to this as like the end of the world and we should prepare, be prepared to die and da 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 da. But if we think historically, like indigenous Turtle Island people have already described feeling the end of the world when the colonizers came and brought disease from Europe many times intentionally to just kind of like wipe out these populations. Mm. Uh, we might also think about the enslavement of like African people, which spread throughout North and South Americas and the mm -hmm. drawing of wealth out of these nations, which left them further impoverished. That mm. is to say like BIPOC peoples have been feeling many into the world and COVID is another instance of this. Um, what yeah. is different in my opinion though, is that more white people were experiencing the pains of COVID uh, sometimes it's labeled as inconveniences or misinformation, but because they are feeling this, they it has led to like a scale of alleged concern that there was not historical sympathy for when other health crises emerged, such as AIDS epidemics or others facing issues with drug addiction, who really needed support but were cast aside often intentionally, like with the hopes that they would just go away. Yeah. Uh, Some sometimes people just stigmatizing that. Yeah. Instead of like helping, getting real support. Yeah. That is to say, like, this is another crisis, and there have been many past crises that we have survived, but mm -hmm. um, we survived them through grassroots and community efforts. Like, I'm taking an herbal medicine class, for example, as a way to keep my health up, but also how to care for others wow. until Western medicine finally finds some solutions. So, like, my mm -hmm. takeaway is caring for community as an act of survival, as an act of resistance, and as our only path forward. Actually, like, that reminds me of a tweet by a historian. Like, their, their expertise is epidemics. Mm -hmm. So, what that person wrote about is that compared to past in European countries, like, in like several centuries ago, like how people cope with epidemics never changes. Mm -hmm. You know, like always there are misinformation, always there are like some people deviate from like policies, something like that. Yeah. So like maybe we never learn. Maybe. I don't know. You know the I, like, I pretend I do not see it meme? What is that? It's like, it's like, it's like a, this emoji and they, they say, I, I pretend I do not see it. And they like cover their eyes, even though it's, <laughs> it's clearly there. Uh, 
So, yeah. So, like, the our point here is there are more, there are other crises too. So, I actually, we actually don't want you to think it is only, only crisis, you know? So, yeah. So, don't get so actually, stuck. In. Yeah, so it sounds more frustrating, but it is not actually. So it's more like saying that it is another form of life. So maybe we wish that we motivated you enough to move on to your next steps. Mm-hmm. And think about who else you could be helping instead of sitting mm-hmm. there, perhaps. Right. You might be helping people. Mm-hmm. I'm just generalizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's time to wrap up our first episode, I would say. Yeah, wow, yeah. We did another achievement today, you know. Right. We appreciate Jack and LLP for sharing their questions. And remind as a reminder, mm-hmm. your participation is important for us to keep providing these out-of-school office hours. Otherwise, it's yeah. just us talking to each other <laughs> in, a, in like a we're in a, a tin can of beans going ting tong ting all day <laughs> yeah it's self-replicating sometimes yeah. it will be like the edge so yes please share us with your stories and questions via bit.ly slash osoh2020 bit.ly slash osoh2020 so thanks for listening to us and we'll be back soon when you need silly advice Hope you enjoyed!